of them celebrating right here after a win. Yeah. Now let's give them a hand. I know some of you are thinking, I hate the Cubs. Why do you keep talking about the Cubs? I am sorry. You're just going to have to put up with me. I mean, only once in a lifetime, right? <laughs> now, I want you to wait on this next picture, and I'll guide you to the pictures. But did you know that I was in Newsweek magazine back in 1998? Does anybody remember seeing my picture out there? Anybody remember that? Well, I was there. My, my face was there. Let's see it now. There it is, yeah. You see, that's, that's Pete Rose. He's sliding into third. And, well, it was a picture about him uh, <clears throat> trying to get into the Hall of Fame. But, you know, I look at that picture and I said, I've seen that picture before. And then I remembered back to that time and that the next day that picture had been in the Tribune. So they just pulled it out of the archives and put it in. Let's get a closer look of me. I'm not mentioning the article. There I am. Okay, can you see me there? Let's go to the next slide. Okay, there's Scott, my brother, on the far left with his Cubs hat on. That's myself, that's my Uncle Dick, and that's uh, Tim, uh, my uncle's son. Yeah. My, my brother doesn't believe me still to this day. No, that's not. <laughs> You're there, Scotty. Look at you. <laughs> go to the next slide. Oh, okay. It's still not quite clear, and I asked Lori Brackett, a friend of mine, to uh, use some very sophisticated programs to take a pixelized picture and really define it. And this is what he came up with. <laughs> oh, no, isn't that great? That's me! There's no doubt. I tell you what, I grew up a diehard Cubs fan. I remember so many afternoons watching the Cubs game. And I'd score the cards, too, you know, as they played. But the best thing is when we were able to go to Wrigley Field. <laughs> I always remember, it's the same every time I go there, being on the concession level and walking up to the field. Okay, so I'm walking up in the field, going higher and higher, and first I see uh, the bleachers, and I see the brick, and I think, oh, beautiful. Take a couple more steps, and then I see that, back in that day, lush green grass. And it's just like you entered into another universe, going to a, a Cubs game. We used to always grab autographs before the game, and I've got... Somewhere I've got some good autographs. <laughs> Not sure where. But we did that. And then after the game, we would go to the team parking lot. And we would try to get you know, autographs from the players. I was at a Frosty when I went. Now, why is that? Why is that? I don't really follow the Cubs that closely. Only every decade when they're in the playoffs. Or try to get in the playoffs. But... Uh, <laughs> yeah, why is that? Why is that so rich to me? Well, it's because when I was a kid and uh, I was introduced to the Cubs uh, by my brothers and my uncle, and uh, I just fell in love with them. 
And all those thoughts I had about those those days are kind of resurfacing in the energy and the attitude that I have now because it's really possible. I mean, this really could happen. Well, friends, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. I usually hear people say that when their loved one gives them a gift that they're not totally satisfied with. (laughs) Really? Socks and underwear? But it's the thought that truly does count. All of our thoughts count. We are made up of our thoughts. And we're continuing our series on soul detox. And we're going to be looking at toxic thoughts. Toxic thoughts. We've talked about toxic problems, toxic fears, and uh, many others. And But this is really important because it's a thought that counts. So we have toxic thoughts. Now, when we're not a believer, we're dead spiritually and we just follow our desires as you see that the world does. And if they really don't know Jesus Christ, you can't really judge them for it in a sense because they just know this world. They just know this one place. But when you become a Christ follower, of course you know about the transformation that happens. When the Holy Spirit comes into you and you receive a new nature, not your old nature, a new nature that gives you a new capacity and all the gifts from God, wisdom and strength and patience. And so you've got this new nature You've been born again, and you want to go out there, and you want to please God. Let's look at the next verse. uh, uh, Paul, in Romans, explains the conflict that we have between our soul that's been reborn and our fleshly nature, the way we used to do things and the way we still want to do things. He says about his struggle, I tried everything. And nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? So, can you relate to that? Well, cartoons with, you know, the angel on one shoulder and the demon on the other shoulder, and they're kind of arguing back and forth. That is where we live, friends. We live in a spiritual battle. And of course, Satan would love to have us be filled with toxic thoughts. Oh, God, of course. He wants to get those toxic thoughts out of there. And sometimes we try so hard. Please, God, and we fail. And maybe there's a particular area of our life where we just continue to fail over and over and over and over again. It's called a stronghold, a fortress. Uh, it's a deception of lies in your life. But, of course, he goes on to say that Jesus Christ is the answer as we turn to him for wisdom and knowledge and clarity in life. So what we're going to do today is we're going to identify and reject toxic thoughts. We're going to identify and reject toxic thoughts. What's toxic? Toxic is anything containing poisonous material 
capable of causing sickness or even death. And I tell you, as you well know, the wrong type of thinking can cause incredible pain in your life. We've all been there. We've let our natural thoughts lead us and uh, we get in a big mess. Look at Proverbs 4.23. Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. Carefully guard your thoughts. Now we guard a lot of things. We guard our cars. We lock them up. And then the car alarm goes off and the lights are flashing. You know, just brush against it. <laughs> right? And we also guard our house. We've got to lock the house and we have security systems. Yeah, that's valuable to us. Our car, our house. But most valuable is our kids. We continue to think throughout our entire lives about our kids and how we can protect them, how we can guard them from the evil that is in this world. But now it's saying, guard your thoughts. Guard my thoughts from what? From toxic thinking. From toxic thinking patterns that lead to toxic Behavior. It's a very strong statement. Guard your heart. It's all part of growing mature in Christ, realizing that the Holy Spirit is going to continue to point out to us toxic thought patterns that we have in our life that we need to give over to God and be freed from because they are the source of true life. Everything you do starts with a thought, right? Let's go to the next slide. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. The context here is that Paul is writing to the people at Corinth, and they had some people that were teaching a false gospel. And so he really lays into them. But this also talks about our life and how we're part of a spiritual battle. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. So if we want to get on this spiritual battlefield, we've got to have God's weapons, right? Willpower will not do. Willpower really never works, right? You've got to have God's power to deal with some of these very difficult strongholds, he calls them, to destroy strongholds. Look at this next picture. There's a replica of Jerusalem. What you see there is the temple Mount. This is right uh, behind the temple, and this was a fortress. This is where the Roman guards had their uh, headquarters. Uh, nobody was getting in there. So again, we always have to go back and think about how the people that were reading this thought about it. What was their culture like? So when he said stronghold or fortress, they could have very well uh, thought about this particular uh, fortress. Go to the next slide. And here's a very powerful passage, as we talked about from Paul. So, for the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but of divine power, destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. What's that talking about there? 
anything that goes against God's truth as found in Scripture, that is a stronghold. You think about the different religions around the world, Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam and a lot of New Age stuff, of course, in this country, and they're all fortresses. They are imprisoned. People are imprisoned in these fortresses, in these religions where the truth is not taught. And we want to free them right from that fortress. You think, first of all, our country and the fact that we really are naturalists. And what's a naturalist? A naturalist is a person who believes there is no God. Now, we as a country don't believe there's a God. You think about the judges, the majority of teachers, the majority of uh, government officials, people of influence, the majority of them are naturalists. Yeah, we just evolved, right? It kind of happened by accident. No. No, those are all fortresses. And the problem is that we have to live in this world where we continue to hear all these Deception of lies. That's also the idea of a fortress guy. Deception of lies that people are covered with. You try to share the gospel with them or invite them to come out to church and they are so imprisoned. They just can't. They have to wait for God to come and open that up. And we can be a part of that process. And then let's look at, uh, oh yes, Adolf Hitler. Uh, he, of course, did not believe there was a God. He went along with Nietzsche. God is dead. And he said, I have freed Germany from the stupid and degrading fallacies of conscience and morality. So you succeeded, right? No God, no morals, no conscience. What happened? The Holocaust. Because if there are no morals and no conscience, you're going to do what you think is right. His priority was to wipe out the Jews. That's what can happen as we live in our culture and we're always being thrown these deception of lies at us. There is no God and this is how you need to live your life and you need to do this and do that. Don't listen. Especially if it's already in your mind and many it's hard to get away from. You just have to continue to weed. Thank God we don't have to weed anymore, right? <laughs> it's not a good thing about winter. But the point is, is that we have to continually weed our mind. Because those toxic thoughts are up there. And if we let them stay up there too long, they're going to go deeper and deeper into our mind and soul. And they're going to wreak havoc. On us. Let's go to the next slide. Second Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Now we look at the last part of it. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now the idea of captive was that you had a spear on someone's back and you were leading them someplace. Right? Now that's what we need to do with our toxic thoughts. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit would help us to identify those thoughts and then 
take a spear and lead them out of our mind. We take captive them. We don't let them grow. We don't let them flourish. We get rid of them. And every time it comes back, we, we claim the truth of God. That's how you build a strong Christian character. Is by regularly, no matter how old you are, you know, regularly you're getting rid of toxic thoughts. You know, the next slide. Hebrews 4.12 says a lot. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning, get this, the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So, if Scripture can go deep within our soul, our joints and our marrow, if we can get to our, our, our thoughts and intentions, that is what makes a difference. The Scripture that you have is so powerful if you use it. Remember Jesus Christ when he was in the wilderness? What did he do every time Satan tempted him? He quoted from the Old Testament. And that was an example to us because there's power in the Word. When you read the Word of God, it's not just any other book. It's an inspired book by God. It's God's actual truth. And the Holy Spirit uses that truth to change your mind and your heart and your feelings if you allow Him to. So it's so important, of course, just like you made today a priority to come and listen to the Word, uh, to hear the Word on podcasts or TV, and study the Word yourself. Dive into it and let God work in your life. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go through some strongholds that people might have, and I'm going to identify how we can deal with them. All right, so let's look at the first one. I'm not good enough. Oh, man. <laughs> That's one of my strongholds. It seems this critical voice in my mind that just says, oh, you can do that well enough, and that well enough, or you should have done that, that type of thing. Anybody have that critic in your head? I know. Sometimes it's stronger than others in some people. It's hard. It's a struggle sometimes just to, just to do life when you have that critic. Always saying, that's wrong, not enough. I know many of you can identify with that. So, how do we deal with that critic? Well, we look at this verse. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We're no longer slaves to sin. We have a new nature that can stand the power of God and, and bring good things into our lives. We don't have to fall into fear because we have been adopted by God. We are His children. I continue to encourage you guys, go back to your identity in Jesus Christ. In fact, we have it on the website, on the media page where the sermons are, and you'll see a, a file down there. And I would encourage you, if you're led to, to get that file. And that really should be a prayer 
died for you. Because we are part of this fortress here in this country and our own personal fortresses. And we just need to remember who we are and how important we are. God treasures us. So, again, you want to own this verse. If you struggle with that type of critical voice, you need to talk back to that voice and say, hey, I'm a child of God. And I'm really special. Other people might not think it. Who really cares? God is the only one that I care. His opinion. Let's go to the next one. Nothing good happens to me. (laughs) Ever feel that way? I mean, bad stuff just keeps happening over and over. And you say, God, could you spread it out a little bit? I know somebody, they could use some problems. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's like, if something bad is going to happen to me, it's going to, or something bad is going to happen, it's me. It's going to happen to me. But if something good is going to happen, it's going to happen to you. Because I never, ever catch a break. Is that a stronghold you have in your life? Let's look at the weapon you use. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So, when you're feeling that nothing good is happening, oh, God's already done a tremendous work in your life, and He's continuing to do that. And He has a plan for you. That's why you never compare yourself to other people. Because He has a different plan for them. But he has a unique plan for you to bring him glory. Let's look at another one. Overwhelmed. Oh, my. You know, you remember summer? Can you picture some memories of this past summer in your mind when hopefully life was a little slower? You caught a little bit of refreshment, R&R, and this big train came rolling down the tunnel. (laughs) It's called fall. (laughs) And fall, oh man, everything changes. I mean, we've got all these activities, activities at church, activities in school, homework, and all kinds of things that you need to do, and you just feel overwhelmed. I see, here I am, whatever, a month into fall, and I just will never, ever catch up. I just never will. <laughs> what uh, spiritual weapon do you use? Isaiah 26.3 You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. There we go back to the thoughts, right? Whose thoughts are stayed on Jesus Christ because he trusts in you. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? When you trust in God, when you pray, that's another spiritual weapon that we have. You trust that He will help you get through any situation. And He'll continue to give you grace and whatever you need in order to navigate through that. Because you see, when, when you're looking at Jesus Christ, when you're reminding what He promises to you, you're focused on Him, everything else doesn't seem that's significant. Just take it hour by hour, 
Eli's age. Let's look at another one. No one appreciates me. Now, moms, you own this one, okay? <laughs> I mean, you're thinking, man, I do everything around this house. I do the laundry, and I make the dinners, and oh, I care for the kids. That's a full-time job in itself, and if I were gone, it would be just a disaster. Just a disaster. I mean, this household would fall apart. That'd be true of my household. <laughs> yeah, you can just feel like, who's appreciating me? Then you have your children, and uh, occasionally they'll throw you a bone. <laughs> That's what you need to teach them, right? And your husband, I don't know about him. <laughs> you know, husbands, we just need to continually encourage our wives and help our wives and serving around the house, whatever your wife's situation might be, because your wife probably feels overwhelmed. And we need to serve our wives. So here's a verse you can hang on to and memorize and stay back when you have those toxic thoughts. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you. And that, that's something good to meditate upon, right? Rather than watching an old sitcom, right? Your favorite show. I mean, just think about that. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. Yeah. That makes me just want to spend some time with God and meditate on this verse. And he will exalt over you with loud singing. <laughs> God sings over us. Isn't that beautiful? So this is a verse you want to know. This is a verse when you're in the midst of, I mean, the fact that nobody appreciates me. You go and your time alone with God and say, thank you. Thank you for appreciating me. All right, let's go to the next one. I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah, that's a real common one, isn't it? I am worried. I mean, life is just uncertainty. Next week, there might not be someone with us because God took them home. Could it be me. Now, we try to protect ourselves in every way we can, and that's good, but we're trying to protect ourselves from uncertainty because it's always there. Anything can happen at any time. That's why you need to trust in the Lord, because He's going to take care of you no matter what happens. Yeah, it might be painful, whatever, but He is going to carry you. We've got to, we've got to release to God the future, because we spend all our time worrying about it. We're not making any progress, right? So what's the verse? Of course, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what? Guard your hearts and your minds. So again, we have the weapon of Scripture. 
as a weapon of prayer. And we're so anxious and we're so uptight. And, and again, you have to learn as it takes a long time just to give it over to God and say, Lord, I'm just trusting you. I'm just trusting whatever's happening here. I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of it. And that's when you experience supernatural peace, when you acknowledge that there's a supernatural being, God, Jehovah, who's taking care of you. So why are you so uptight? Let's go to Romans. Romans 12, verse 2. This is really the idea of what we've been talking about. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The renewal of your mind. What does that word mean? It means restoration, renewed, better than new. That's what it means. And friends, that's what we are seeking to do every day. Is again, looking for those toxic thoughts. Identifying a verse we can own and memorize or meditate upon and it can always come to mind when that thought comes and really, really believe it. You know, sometimes I read the Old Testament and it talks so much of God being a refuge and strength. And sometimes there's a disconnect. It's like, yeah, well, that happened to them. You know, they're back in the ancient. You can read those Psalms and claim those, claim those as promises, even if you just have a little bit of faith. Let's go. Let's uh, bow our heads. Oh, there is all types of toxic thoughts that lead to toxic behavior, sinful behavior. Maybe you're here this morning and you read through the notes. I put some other John there for you. And you're struggling with one in particular. And you want God to continue through His Word and prayer to dig deep in your soul to remove that toxic some of you, that's going to take some time. Issues from your childhood. Yeah, it's like, oh no, I'll never get past this. But you can. You can. Our God is able. Right now, if you have a, a toxic pattern going on in your mind, and you're saying, today, I'm going to do something about it. And tell somebody, get them to pray for me. And I'm going to look online, Bible verses on whatever your stronghold is. And we're just going to continue to read those verses and be encouraged by Christians in my small group or whatever your Christian friend might be. How many would say you have a stronghold? Some type of stronghold. Raise your hand. Yeah, we all do. But again, God says that we can demolish strongholds only through His dynamite power 
Got to remember that. It's not willpower. It's, it's God's power. We can demolish that stronghold in our life and take those thoughts captive that are toxic. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. And it's living. <laughs> Many people experience that today. It's living. The Holy Spirit uses us, uses us to mold us and to uh, make us more pure. And I pray for everyone who has a stronghold. And it's so easy just to keep going. Oh, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to go there. You know, just put up with it, you know. It can't be solved, so God will understand. Yeah, not really. You've got to let God fully into the process and spend time with Him in prayer and reflection. And you need to memorize whatever that verse or verses might be, or at least get a good gist of them if you can't memorize things. And then you need to speak that verse when you're in the midst of that toxic habit. In Christ's name, amen.